Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Welcome, church. I'm so excited you tuned in for the next installment of our series. My name is Ty Davis, and I hope you've been enjoying this series on the book of Psalms as much as I have. I gotta be honest with you, though. When we first started this series, I wasn't as excited. You see, Psalms is the book of the Bible that always bogs me down in my reading plan. And because of that, I never really liked it that much. It just seemed like so repetitive. So when we as a teaching team decided that in the month of November, we would shift our focus in the Psalms to the Psalms of Thanksgiving, I was like, man, just about every other Psalm is a Psalm about giving God thanks and praising him for his goodness, for his mercies, for his love, and for his protection. What I want to do today is point out the natural progression that exists that goes from thanksgiving to praise and share that we are not alone as God's creation in this progression of giving God the thankfulness and the praise that he deserves. But in fact, the entirety of creation gives God thanks and praise. So let's start with our psalm today. We're going to read Psalm 148, and this is what it says. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord. For he issued his command, and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones, the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. So the psalmist starts with and ends with, praise the Lord. Now I think if you were reading straight through the psalms, by the 148th psalm, you would think the reader would get the picture by now. Give God the praise. But you see, repetition repetition isn't just a habit of the psalmist. The Bible repeatedly tells Christians to praise God. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. And in James chapter 5, verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And in Exodus chapter 15, verse 2, it says, The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 21 says, He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. So in the times of joy, we praise him. When we submit to the truth that he is our strength, that he is our salvation, the natural response of his creation is to praise him. When we acknowledge his great abilities in our lives, he is our praise. 
See, praise is closely related to thanksgiving. In fact, many people use them interchangeably. But there's a subtle difference. Notice in these scriptures what they're referencing. Praise comes when our focus is on God, on his character, his attributes, and his abilities. Thanksgiving focuses more on the benefits that have been given to us. And when I thank my wife for uh, doing the laundry, it's because I'm appreciative of the gift of clean underwear for the week. I'm just being honest. Now, I was raised to be appreciative when I receive a gift. Now, it would be weird if I praised my wife for her abilities to wash the clothes, right? I mean, what would that sound like? Next time she did the laundry, I was like, thanks so much, wife. You wash the clothes so much better than I do. No one washes clothes like you. They they smell so good. They're so bright. I can never do what you can do with these clothes. I can tell you what would happen. I'd get the evil eyes. Because it sounds like all I'm trying to do is get out of doing the laundry. We, as people, prefer to receive praise for who we are and thanks for what we've done. And it's the same way for God. We are commanded to give thanks to God. We thank Him for His blessings. We thank Him for His love. We thank Him for the peace that only He can provide. We thank Him for His grace. And with thanksgiving, we present our requests to our God. Psalm 100 verse 4 paints this idea in a different picture for us. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now this paints a picture of the thankfulness in one's heart as they enter into the temple gates to be a part of the community of believers at a place of worship. But as we move closer to the most sacred places, the inner courts, we come closer and closer to the Holy of Holies and we can't help but erupt with praise. You see, thankfulness is the starter, and praise brings us even closer to the character of the God that we serve. So, thanksgiving and praise, while slightly different, are connected to each other. And in this season of thanksgiving, what we should see happening in our lives, individually and collectively as the church, is a natural progression from thanksgiving to an outpouring of praise. But here's where the greatness of our God just begins to blow my mind. In Psalm 148, it goes from uh, the reminder to praise him to this, verses 1 through 4. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you twinkling stars. Praise him, skies above. Praise him, vapors high above the clouds. We see this creation element being brought up by the psalmist. The word of God's be. The word of God begins in Genesis with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we see the psalmist framing the creation story, starting with the heavens and the earth, from the heights to the depths, which is amazing in and of itself. And there's a quote that I've loved. I've been waiting to use it for some time now, and I can think of no better place than right now. It's from a pastor by the name of S.M. Lockridge. And this is what he said. God stepped out from behind the curtain of nowhere onto the platform of nothing and spoke a world into existence. The reason God came from nowhere is because there wasn't anywhere for him to come from. And coming from nowhere, he stood on nothing. And the reason he stood on nothing was because there was nothing on which to stand. And standing on nothing, he reached out where there was nowhere and caught something when there was nothing to catch 
and hung something on nothing and told it to stay there. Then standing on nothing, he took the hammer of his own will and he struck the anvil of his omnipotence and sparks flew everywhere. He caught those sparks on the tips of his fingers and he flung them into space and bedecked the heavens with stars. And nobody said a word. The reason nobody said anything was because there wasn't anybody there to say anything. And so God himself said, that's good. What a picture that is. And that got me thinking about the vastness of our world and all of space. I mean, did you know that the Hubble telescope that we have can see 15 billion light years away? And just this week, SpaceX launched four astronauts into space to visit the space station. We as a people have been infatuated with studying what else is out there for a long time. And it's, it's understandable, right? I mean, if we can see 15 billion light years away, we can see all of these planets and, and the space that exists, then there's good reason to think that there's just, there just has to be something out there, right? I mean, did you know that there are a lot of people who believe that there must be life out there somewhere? And I'm talking really bright people. And the simple reason is, because if not, why is the universe so big? And we would all agree, it's too big if it's just a place for us. And Pastor Louis Giglio once said, if researchers knew the right reason for the existence of the universe, if they knew what the primary function of the universe was, then it wouldn't be a big deal. Because the primary function of the universe isn't just to house humanity. It's to magnify the creator. And by that function, the universe isn't too big. It's actually just about the right size. And so the psalmist has it right. The universe from the heavens with its stars, suns, and moons, to the vapors high above the clouds, praise him because that's what they were designed to do. And the psalmist goes on to tell us that it's what every created thing was designed to do. Let's take a look at verses 5 through 13. Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. Praise the Lord from the earth, you creatures of the ocean depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, wind and weather that obey him, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all livestock, small scurrying animals and birds, kings of the earth and all people, rulers and judges of the earth, young men and young women, old men and children. Let them all praise the name of the Lord. See, all are encompassed, are encompassed here to first and foremost pause and wonder at the jewel of the world that God has created. The psalmist lists every part of creation and in doing so reminds us of the order of God's activity in the world. And as such, he demonstrates that God's work in the world has to do with more than just us human beings. God's redemptive plan laid out in his word goes beyond just Israel. His redemptive work is universal in scope. Even creation is thankful for his redemptive work, as we see by its expression of praise. And so what we see from the text is creation being thankful for the command that God issued that brought them into being. Creation being thankful for God's promises. Creation from the highest heights to the great mountain ranges and all the way down to the greatest depths of the sea. Creation from the birds in the air to the insects on the ground. Creation from people in authority and places of power to those in our society who are overlooked and downtrodden. People of all ages, man and woman, old and young. 
And out of that thankfulness comes praise. Remember the difference between thankfulness and praise? We talked about it. Praise focuses on the character, attributes, and the abilities of God. And what does the psalmist point out in verse 13? Verse 13, he says, Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has made his people strong, honoring his faithful ones, the people of Israel who are close to him. Creation praises God because his name is great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. He has the ability to strengthen his people and the character to honor those who are faithful to him. See, we praise him because he has drawn near to his people. He is a God of relationship, so he is with his people and he is for his people. I want to remind you this morning that creation was designed to give thanks and praise to God. That no matter what the statistics about the percentage of non-believers say in our world today, our God will not go without being praised. And in this season of Thanksgiving, a season where we have been raised to demonstrate our thankfulness, I want us to remember that we shouldn't stop there. That in this season, that we would be appreciative of the things that God has done for us. That we would give thanks but that we would join in with all of creation to move into this posture of praise. See, next week we're, we're hosting our annual Thanksgiving outreach. And we're going to be making 5,000 meals for our surrounding community. And we're working together with a bunch of people from other churches and from within our community. And it is a beautiful expression of the love of Jesus. And every year, I find myself in line doing something so simple, like scooping mashed potatoes, and yet being so thankful for God's provision and the beauty of His body, the church in motion. But this year, I want to take that thankfulness and move it towards praise. I want to shine a light, not only on the things that God has done for me, but for the goodness of the character and nature of the God that we serve. I truly believe that the posture of praise is contagious. I mean, could you imagine sending out hundreds of people into the community who are radiating praise to God, not just for what he's done, but for who he is. People would experience that, and they would yearn for that in their own lives. So this season, I challenge you to join all of creation and move from thanksgiving to praise. Wherever you are this week, whatever you're doing, it's all around us. Creation is praising his name. So let's join in with the sound. Wherever you are, Let's join in with our worship team and give God our praise. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.